Hi, I'm Daniel, and before the episode starts, I want to briefly talk to you about the Garden Outreach Project, a WCF program focused on putting faith into action. Our mission is to inspire and support Christadelphians in North America to share Christ's love through outreach initiatives. This is done by facilitating national and local outreach activities, supplying resources, and providing funds to help brothers and sisters serve those in need. For example, in 2020, over 40 ecclesial groups participated in our Bags of Love initiative, which saw over 800 sleeping bags distributed to shelters and those without a home. If you, your ecclesia, or CYC want to learn more and get involved with our latest initiative, please visit our website at www.thegardenoutreach.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Garden Outreach for the latest news and encouragement. And now, here's the show. Welcome to The Garden Podcast. The Garden Project aims to inspire our North American Christadelphian community to share Christ's love through outreach initiatives that show compassion to our neighbours and provide assistance for their immediate needs. Our objectives are to promote national outreach projects so that Christadelphian ecclesias and individual members can work together as one body, to fund outreach projects by giving monetary grants to individual members and ecclesias, and to raise awareness of outreach within the North American Christadelphian community by providing support, advice, and ideas. I'm Helen, and tonight I'm here with Rachel Launchbury. How are you doing, Rachel? Good, thank you, and thank you for inviting me. So tonight we are going to be talking about ideas and the reason for this podcast is we want to share ideas with different individuals and ecclesias so that when everyone is back meeting in person they can be inspired to do something different perhaps with their ecclesial hall or do mm -hmm. something different uh, with each other with different ways that they can do outreach in their community. So you obviously are not meeting in your hall at the moment are you Rachel but before yeah. COVID Tell us a bit more about how you were using your ecclesial hall in Portland. Sure. So we have our very own hall, which we absolutely love. It's, it looks like a house from the street, which we did deliberately. Um, we wanted to look like a spiritual home. And so immediately we've got that kind of warm welcoming. Some disclosure here. I am a member of a 12-step group, Al-Anon, which is for family and friends of alcoholics. Um, and so I'm kind of involved in that community. And through the course of time, groups would ask if they could borrow our, our hall for like one-off events. And so somehow we just, you know, it's like the ball that just starts rolling. And so somehow we got known within the community that we had a church that was available for use. And I have been wanting to use our building more than we do. Like we use it on Sunday and we use it midweek and maybe there's a CYC event. Um, and it just seems a shame to me that we have all across America, those of us who own our own property, we have these buildings that can be used. And so long story short, what we do is we rent out the hall to different 12-step groups. And so pre-COVID, we had um, one group, which is the oldest AA group in Portland, meets in our building for about an hour, five, six days a week, Monday through Saturday. And then they'll have it an hour, half an hour before and a half an hour after. So basically every group gets two hours. So we have a, one group meets at noon, Monday through 
Saturday. And then we have an, an NA group, Narcotics Anonymous, which is for those who don't know, um, if you're addicted to drugs, Monday night. And then on Wednesday morning and Friday afternoon, we have two Al-Anon groups. And so I realized that we have about 150 people coming through our building every single week. Now, some of them could be the same and some of them are different. Um, and that's a lot of people. I was thinking like, what other preaching effort do we know of where on every single week for a year, you could get 100 to 150 people coming. And so we realized we needed to do something and we uh, have a little table out in our lobby with um, a lot of pamphlets and leaflets and free Bibles. And we just have, you know, please take for free. And I know somebody actually who has taken a Bible and the daily reading planner. And she said it's the first time in her life that she's read the Bible from cover to cover. And so that's one of our things we do is, is I love the mission of, of the garden because it said, you know, giving compassion. So we're treating these, our renters with a lot of compassion and respect and dignity. And they constantly thank us for, for letting them be in their space because other places they've rented haven't treated them with dignity and respect. Mm -hmm. um, and so they just keep thanking us for how we treat them. And one of the things we did for our Sunday school was have a memory verse for a month. And so we would write the memory verse up on one of those big, big sticky post-it notes, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And we would have, so it'd be really big font. And there was one, and I really, I can't remember. It was something about how the Lord is my strength. The, the Lord is my rock, something along that ilk from Joshua. It was up there on the wall. And somebody in, in the AA group told me afterwards that three people had referenced that verse in their sharing. They had said, you know, I want a higher power that is my rock. I want to have a God that I can rely on, or I do have. And I just thought it was powerful mm. that, that people are using in their sharing about the struggle that they're having with addiction. They're using Bible verses that we happen to have on the wall. Mm. So one of the things we're working on now and COVID sort of put a halt to it is the 12 steps have 12 steps, which is um, frankly, I think all of us could value from doing the 12 steps. And then there's 12 traditions and 12 concepts and they put the, the steps and the traditions are on these big posters and they have them up on the wall during their meetings. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be fun if we could somehow distill our beliefs to 12 mm. and we could like, I think it's a really interesting um, exercise for us. Like what's really important. What are the really key important things we would want to say? And we could put those up there and have them up all the time. And so people who come in, might want to start reading, well, what is it that we believe? Mm -hmm. We've also had a few people from the groups come to church on Sunday morning. Um, and I, I think there is an opportunity for us to perhaps post COVID think of, is there something we could do one evening a week and invite you know, people to like, like learn to read the Bible effectively. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things where that's what main, that's kind of like our main preaching effort, which you wouldn't imagine as a preaching effort. It's renting it out to people. How did mm -hmm. you stop, how did you advertise your hall to rent, or how did these groups find you? So, because I attend a group, my two friends and I started a new group, and so we we started it and we met at at the church, 
And then there are um, people who might be in an Al-Anon group, which again, it's for family or friends of addicts. They may themselves be in AA. And so somebody who came to my Al-Anon group, unless you've been to our church and some, you know, hopefully some of the people watching this have been to Portland, there is something, there's just something welcoming about our building. Mm -hmm. I think our architect did a fantastic job in making it welcoming. And so she, somebody in my group said, hey, can my AA group come? Mm -hmm. And so that's how we ended up getting the AA group. And then somebody in the AA group attends the NA group. And then they're like, well, hey, we're looking for somewhere new. Could we come? And so it's really word of mouth. We haven't done any advertising. Yeah. But if you... If, you, if you're interested in this idea for your building and you're not connected to them, any 12-step group yourself, then you could probably call, I mean, A, anyone can call me and ask for help, but you could call um, the area, like there's always, like you live in New Jersey. So I bet you, if you Googled, you know, AA New Jersey, it'll come up with their website. And then you could call them and say, hey, we have a church here. Do you know of any groups looking for somewhere new to rent? Yeah. You know. Cool. So tell and us what about, um, I remember you mentioned that one of your groups actually supplies you with things as well. Right. So the, um, one, of the, one of the traditions is the seventh tradition, which, which um, states that each group needs to be fully self-supporting, denying any outside contributions. So renters, they, they need to pay a little bit of rent. Like originally when I broached the, um, our arranging board and I said, hey, can people rent? They said, absolutely. And they don't need to pay any rent. And so I had to explain, no, we each group needs to pay rent because it's part of their recovery. It's part of their giving back to the community. And so we had this one group that meets Monday through Saturday, and they have about 60 to 80 members. And so they pay the time they were paying about $500 a month rent. And then they realized that they actually use the, the church building more than the, than we do. And they were getting through toilet paper and paper towels. And um, we have dishwashers and we've said, please use our mugs and just wash in the dishwasher. So they felt responsible for supplying our needs. And so included in their rent they actually increased their rent and now they pay for all the paper products all the dishwashing all the washing up soap everything that we possibly need they pay for the other beautiful thing that came out of this for those of you who have been on the whole cleanup schedule there is um, a member of this group that meets every week and she needed some income and so basically she comes over and cleans every single Saturday and it has never been as clean as it is with her cleaning like she does an incredibly good job and she is so grateful for the money so it's it's the it's as clean as we've ever had it they are so grateful like this is the group that when I go for my meeting and they know that I'm the responsible person so you need a, each ecclesia should have one person, I think, who is the liaison with all the groups mm -hmm. and they know that it's me and they know that it's my church and they know I go to Al-Anon. Every Friday I get thanked for the, the lady who cleans will come and just whisper in my ear, thank you so much for letting me clean. Our members will be grateful for our hospitality. Yes. So we probably get in an, in an average month, if you know, you know, we get enough money 
we probably get $700 a month between all these groups. And that covers, absolutely covers any of the utilities that are above and beyond. Yeah. And there's no wear and tear. Like some of our Ecclesia members were, two things were concerning. One of them was, well, what if they steal something? And so let's, let's separate the fact that, you know, a lot of these people are hardworking, responsible people in recovery from their addiction. It's at noon because this is where they have their lunch break. So they're already responsible, fully functioning. You know, we don't have 60 people coming into the hall thinking to steal. And I was like, well, what are they going to steal? Like, we don't have anything worth stealing. And that's, and so I said, what are they going to steal Bibles? And then that is actually how we got from my flippant comment to, wait, we could give them Bibles. And that's how we ended up with a table and giving out Bibles and literature. And then as far as wear and tear, we've, it'll be like two years. You wouldn't know that our building was being used daily. They really do take care of it. That's really wonderful. It's just wonderful. How has it affected you and and the other members? How do you think it's, it's helped your ecclesia, like on a spiritual level? Right. I think that it helps us feel that we're now part of our community mm-hmm. and it helps us feel like, even though there's a few of us doing the work, it does feel like an ecclesial project because the ecclesia decided together, yes, let's rent out the space. And so it feels, it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of uniting us and we, and we have a purpose as a group of people. I think it's actually helped um, some of us appreciate and understand what addiction is and what recovery looks like. And that like, you know, not all addicts um, or not all alcoholics live under a bridge. Like these are, you know, it could be you or me. And so it's, that's been good to, to make us realize, wow, you know, they're everyday people. So we've been educated and we have more compassion. Yeah. And just this project of like, how can we like giving out Bibles, like every now and then we might make an announcement that, you know, X number of Bibles were taken. It just feels good. It's like the, your whole ecclesial hill doesn't just be, it doesn't belong to you. I mean, ultimately it belongs to God anyway. Right. Um, but you're sharing it with your community, so you're taking that ownership away from this whole idea of like possession, and and you know welcoming people into the space for them to mm. use it in a way that is healing and really important and giving them a sense of belonging. Absolutely. Yeah. And there was one lovely story, if I have time to share. Um, We were just at the end of our Sunday morning service and a gentleman came in and he started talking to John. And it is like we do sometimes, you know, sometimes we'll get people on a Sunday morning and they're you can tell that they're um, intoxicated and they just they want church money. And so it is interesting. People will kind of, they'll come and find me and then they'll just leave me to talk to the person. Because for those who don't know, I used to be an alcohol and drug counselor. So I'm very comfortable talking to people who are intoxicated. But there was one guy came and he was not intoxicated, but he had been walking about three miles away from our hall and was looking for some money to get a Greyhound ticket to get back home. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, he had been, I don't know how it happened, but he was talking to somebody else on the street, like, hey, do you have money or whatever? And they said, oh, you need to go to Murray Boulevard and there's a church there on Murray and they do a lot of good work. 
And so he walked three miles to get to us and, and arrive right at the end of um, Sunday morning service. And so we talked to him, John and I spent time outside on a picnic bench and talked to him for a long time. And, you know, he wanted us to pray with him. You know, we gave him a small amount of money. It felt good to know that somebody three miles away knew what church to say, hey, if you want help, go to the Christadel. Well, they call us the kingdom of God church because we've got, you know, living and sharing. Our sign outside the front says living and sharing the kingdom of God, a Christadelphian community. And so we're the kingdom of God church, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but he knew to send us, you know, so it felt good to know mm. that. And good that people will never be turned away. That yes. That it's somewhere that feels safe. And that's really right. important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important for us to learn how to do that in real life. It's all fine talking about it hypothetically, but to do it in real life and to see people in need and help them is really important for our own spiritual well-being. Yeah, for sure. And it can be for many people they haven't experienced or met some mm -hmm. people who are struggling. Um, so it is can be uncomfortable it definitely requires some vulnerability but it's of course how we grow and right. it's really important that we we share the love of god and and the lord jesus with with our with our neighbors mm -hmm. and of course all those people are your neighbors right they really are because they they live close enough that they think that this is a great location to have their their meeting so mm -hmm. they are our neighbors absolutely like some, I mean, they could be literally live in the next house. I don't know because, you know, it's all anonymity. And so I don't know their last names or where they come from or their story, but they could literally be our neighbor. If anyone's interested in, you know, how to, how to go about this or any more information, I would happily have people email me or call me. Wonderful. Thank you oh. so much for joining us, Rachel. It was such a pleasure to talk to you.